If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Colleen and I'm here with Jill and we are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Hey, Jill, uh, I'm curious if you ever watch TikTok videos. I try not to, but sometimes I get sucked into into that social media instant quick story culture. I I catch myself. I um I don't I don't ever intentionally look at TikTok, but TikTok videos end up like in my Instagram feed and things like that. Sure, right. It, it, me so too. It, me it too. invades yeah. my space. I don't know what to do about that, but. <laughs> I don't go looking for it. I promise. It's all one big (laughs) monster. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very curious if you are familiar with a video that went viral. This probably would have been a few months ago, actually, but it was a 22 year old recent college graduate who posted a TikTok video about how much the 40 hour work week gets in the way of her lifestyle. And it was a very, um, you know, emotional, like, I didn't know this is how it was going to be. I went to college, I graduated, it took me five months to find this job. And here I am. And I hate it. And I have no money. And I have no savings. And I have no life because I'm exhausted because work consumes me. And like, did you are you familiar with that video? Not with the video, but this is a every generation tells its story and this is definitely, I don't want to dismiss it as like, Oh, kids don't, the young adults don't know how to react to society, but society continues to change as it's supposed to evolve. We are an evolving species. So like I, uh, I understand this mindset. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, well, yeah, I mean, I, I can't relate to it, but it is kind of everywhere, isn't it? And I don't know where it came from. And, um, that's, that's kind of where, that's kind of where I think our conversation is going to go today. Let's try to figure out, let's try to figure out a generation. So, all right. So there was a book that, well, actually you and I, you and I had talked a a while, uh, no, we talked recently about kids getting overscheduled, but we talked a while ago about an article. Like I floated an article and I said, Hey, you know, we should read this. And okay. So we're going to talk about that article today. And the article was actually called, let's see, teens are overwhelmed by pressure to achieve. How can parents restore balance? 
And that article was by Linda Flanagan. But what she was writing about was a book by Jennifer Wallace called Never Enough When Achievement Culture Becomes Toxic. Did you did you read the article or did you read that book by any chance? I did. Okay. Yep. I, I have not read the book, but I think that this whole concept of pressure, and we were just talking about it last yeah, episode, yeah. but like this whole concept of pressure... Um, I've been thinking about the parents' role mm-hmm. in this pressure, and I I don't know. So that's on my mind. So I, I'm glad we're continuing to talk yeah, about it today. And what, what does achievement mean? Well, one of the things that jumped out to me, and I, I don't know if you remember this statistic from, from reading the article, but according to research, which of these groups brings the most joy to a person? Is it a spouse, kids, or friends? Do you remember that? Oh, okay. Okay. I don't remember. So it, but, which okay. of, I, I just asked my husband too. I said, so which of, I, I, I said, this is based on research, not my opinion. So please <laughs> answer the way you think the research went. Who brings a person the most joy? Is it a spouse, kids, or friends? I'm going to answer only because of stress levels. I'm going to answer friends because your friends don't have to solve problems with you or do the daily grind with yeah. you. And you, at least in adulthood, you're seeking them for one-off situations or for like the joyful part only, like I, 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 maybe not only, but they're not in the daily grind. So I would, I would think the research could, could go that way. I don't know. And that is, that is right. That uh, according to research, that is correct. And there's, I mean, there's, when you really think about that, because you, if you're in a toxic friend relationship, you can cut that friend loose. Right. But with, with kids and a spouse, you're totally different. (laughs) And if you lived with them, it'd be different. If it was a group of friends who lived together, that would be different than like family. So taking that statistic and thinking about if it's, if it's friends that bring the most joy into our lives, why do we spend less time with our friends and why do we prioritize the activities of our kids or the uh, responsibilities to our spouse. Why do we do that rather than do the things that are going to bring us balance and bring us joy? And that's just one of the little things that is talked about in this article and in the book. So 60% of the parents surveyed said they allow their kids' schedules to take precedence over their own adult activities or time with their friends. They will sacrifice everything and just put it into kid activities. Is that is that healthy? Do you, I are you still yes, We're living it. I mean, we are all living this. Like I, we are all live. I don't know for better or worse. We're all living in it, and I think we have the power to change it. We're so scared to disappoint our kids, yeah. or we're so scared that their life isn't going to be everything we had and more. That um, actually, I was with um, this week. My son went to an awesome birthday party, and. Uh, the mom who was hosting the party, it was at a place. It was like a laser tag thing. Mm-hmm. And she had all these boys with her who are nine and 10 years old, 10 year old birthday party. And she said, they all went into the laser tag room and it was the most peaceful, like 90 minutes she's had all week. And, but it's just a small example. We've all done this. I'm not blaming her. We've all, I mean, we we're laughing together about that. How, that was her peaceful mm-hmm. moment in the lobby of the, of the laser tag birthday party, but we're all kind of doing this. And I don't know how to rebalance that, but um, it's probably good for our kids to not think that the world revolves around them. But it's super guilty to make a decision like that. My kids, I do feel guilty when I go out with friends or do something without my kids. Um, they're always like, well, what time are you coming home? And are you know, like they, I, they, uh, they are used to yes. having me yes. every night, all night, unless yes. I'm at work, you know, unless I'm doing something school related. 
related. And so it is hard because the pressure is sitting there. So, and, and this, so this is what the author of the book, Jennifer Wallace, she talks about that in the book. And she says that if we don't, as adults, if we don't model for our kids, that they are not the main event, that they are not the center of the universe, that we do, that we as adults have balance in our lives and we model that for the kids, they're really not going to learn that any other way. So, um, so we're guilty of creating a, and she actually says it's, it's a, it's nourishing narcissism, nourishing narcissism. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Now, okay. So in teacher mode, in teacher mode, think of these moments where we do this, where the kids, I mean, it's our job to provide education, but bending over backwards for stuff that doesn't matter, you know, like the, the overdone parties, the over, you know, the over exuberance, like, uh, I I don't, the aesthetically pleasing everything, Mm. you know, the project that looks perfect, the walls of the classroom that are all color coordinated, like all of the things that we're trying to do to please kids. Um, it, it just, it can, cons- it can consume you. And I don't know if that's related, but I keep thinking like in teacher mode, what does this mean? Because we need to support parents in this type of endeavor, but, um, overscheduling kids and doing too much of the kids and too many evening events and all the things, um, really doesn't promote a, sim- a simplified lifestyle either. No. And so, and so reflecting on that, so what is it that we are modeling for kids and have they, have we created, have we helped to create this culture of overachievement and imbalance? And I would say, yeah, and we have to think about that and, and, and stop it. So, which is really easier said than done, but the other thing, so when it comes to achievement and high expectation, like these are important things. I would never in a million years say, lower the bar, like lower your expectations. Like, I don't, I don't mean (laughs) that. Um, but in some situations you do have to weigh, well, what is more important in this moment? You know, I suppose, but for kids, like, you know, if your, if your child comes home from school and says, "I, I can't do anything, I can't do my chores. I can't do anything. I have to go to my room and I have to study. It's okay as a parent to say, no, actually, um, yeah, studying super important, but so are your household responsibilities. So get out here and do your chores. So not allowing them to say, Oh no, this is good. This is the most important thing. Those are the moments where you are helping them to create balance. So I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. know that I've always done that well, but, um, it's important to think about. I know we're right. We're going to run out of time in a second, but I just want to throw in here something else that happened recently. You know, it's my job to walk alongside parents as they're doing the college prep uh, journey and trying to figure out where their kids are going to college. And there's so much you have to also play the game like there's so much pressure to get into a school or into schools that have the right financial aid or have the right packages for scholarships and all this that parents are really overloading that process, too, for their kids Uh, and the kids aren't doing the mental load on that. The parents are, the parents are losing sleep. The parents are figuring out the bills. The parents are, are thinking about the colleges way more than the kids are right yep. now, at, at least in this one scenario I'm in. And it's, it's hard. Cause if they're, if the kids aren't, aren't doing like making the mistakes and trying to p- make their priority list and, um, and trying to learn those skills if we're doing it for them, it's not helping no, them. It's not. It's not. And if you're concerned about, well, I mean, one of my sons does go to a very um, high pressure. There's a lot of competition at the school. We don't participate in that. We don't, we are not that way, but um, 
there are a lot of, you know, oh, I have to get accepted at this school. And th- just the pressure of that. I can't even imagine what those kids and what those parents must feel like. I'm just I'm glad that I don't feel that way. So yeah, let's, let's close. You know, it, it really is all about balance. High expectations should always transcend academic achievement or sports achievement, achievement, like keep those expectations high, but also make sure that achievement relates to nurturing your gifts as a human that you were given by God, nurturing those and giving them back to the community. That's going to give you balance contributions to your family and to your friends. These wait, are going to wait, give you balance. Colleen, I know you're closing yeah. out. Go ahead. I know you're closing out, Colleen, but the phrase you just said is what we just used this week in working with Special Olympics, yeah. that whole nurturing gifts and seeing gift and each being a gift for the community yes. is exactly the mindset of Special Olympics. So I just I want to throw that also in there, because if we have the right mission in front of that's us, right. we're going to do just fine. That's right. That's right. So, OK, I think that's a great way to close. So that that's the bell anyway. So let's head on back to class. But thanks for the energy boost as we love exploring ideas and affirming efforts of all of our teachers and leaders. Keep the suggestions coming in. Tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We'll see you next time. 